What is up, kangaroo chasers? On this pod, we meet Collins Kweku Ophis, the man who was banned from Ghana Rugby Union for playing in a rugby league tournament. It's their loss, though, because he's now a player, a coach, and a junior development officer for Ghana Rugby League. I'm Michael Carboni. This is episode 96 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Welcome back to the pod, my good mate. Uh, in Italy, they call him Le Tigre Più Grande. He's, of course, the world, the world famous biggest tiger. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I prefer Grandissimo, but I'll take Più Grande. Grandissimo. Um, that I sounds... Grandissimo. Well, it also sounds like an ice cream shop. I was going to uh, say, no, I feel I like, like a gelato, gelato when you say Grandissimo. <laughs> yeah. And if they had a tiger flavor, shit, actually, I like chocolate. There would be a tiger flavor, so... Uh, not, not that we're promoting that ice cream shop. If you're going to go to an ice cream shop, there's one in Redfern. Um, you should definitely go to, but that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> Carbonara, Carbonara, tell me what's been happening with you, sir. Oh, mate, nothing's been happening with me. I've had a, I'm, I'm back at work in my real life job, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, but lots of things happening in the in the background. We've got a few bits and pieces of news. Uh, really exciting stuff, actually, for for chasing kangaroos, the podcast, but in in general, like some cool stuff bubbling away can't say it yet i mentioned it last week i just want to tell you guys but uh yeah we're gonna have to wait maybe another week or two before we can announce some some really cool things for the pod this year and uh yeah what about yourself mate i heard you um heard you spent some time with a very good friend of yours (laughs) yeah well i mean uh, before we move on to my amazing day uh we get text messages from you from all hours of the morning or every day of the week so you're always up to bubbling on something and i and i enjoy your bubbling you're a bubbler I'm a bubbler. Uh, and I, I've always said that about you. Well, Michael Bubbler Carboni, and I love your bubbling. I'm here for your bubbling. And, and really, that's why this, this podcast gets bigger and better all the time, it's because you're bubbling on the next thing all the time. You're serving up one plate of, um, of delicious meals here, but you're also bubbling away on the next dish um, behind us. And there's an acronym, oh, sorry, there's an analogy that didn't have to do with cars. I worked really hard on not talking about um, cars, as you and I both sit in the uh, Oh, well, I'm in the Darren Centre of Excellence. Have you named your studio? Uh, I haven't named my studio, but the car's name is Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> Very random. No one thinks like Gaston. Gaston? <laughs> no, Gaston is a char- he's a character in a kid's um, kid show. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, ben and Holly. Beauty and the Beast. No, Ben and Holly. Yeah, Ben and Holly, is their, their pet their pet ladybird is Gaston. Anyway, people don't want to hear this. They also don't wow, want to hear you saying bubbler. They don't it's want to hear you name. saying bubbler a thousand times either. Like that was a bit <laughs> that was a bit strange. That gave me some visions. But uh, mate, how has your how has your week been? Well, I've I've been more straight and narrow than you. I haven't played carnage anything. I've been with Junior Junior Pierce this morning. Um, 
spending some time with my best friend, uh, just talking about all the great things that he's done with the Bowman Tigers, New South Wales, Kangaroos, the Rugby League Committee, the ARL, the Australian Rugby League Commission, and of course his Apollo Project, all the incredible stuff he's been doing. Um, just over a cold glass of water, I did offer him a coffee. He said chamomile tea because he's still um, a teetotaler, literally a teetotaler. Um, and I couldn't buy him a chamomile tea in the end. It's too hot, so I just bought him a sparkling mineral water. And he also told me he doesn't even drink soft drink. The closest thing really? is soft drink is sparkling water. So what a legend. His body is a temple. so devoted. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's since he was like 20. Do you want to hear so, something that uh, Junior Pierce and I have in common that I just found out about? He's a bubbler? Uh, n- maybe, but, uh... He's always got something on the bubble. Favourite tea, chamomile tea. Me and Junior. We're ma- maybe we're best friends. Sorry, buddy. Taking over. Yeah, well, we can all be best friends. Right? <laughs> That's the thing that we've... We've talked about this a lot. The rugby league people are the best people, so I'm not at all surprised that you and Junior Pierce have that in common. You probably have a lot more clubs. We've got um, both excellent leaders, so I'm not at all surprised that chamomile tea is one of those characteristics we share. Mate, uh, before we go too far off track with bubblers and chamomile tea and Gaston, <laughs> mate, uh, you mentioned good people in rugby league and we always find them no matter where they are, no matter what part of the world. But this time we travelled to Ghana and uh, there's plenty of good people in Ghana doing some great things. And we've spoken to a few of them here on the podcast. We, we, we can follow them on the socials, but some great things happening there. And one of them is Collins Kweku Ofus and he's a man that, Big T, I don't think you've heard, you would have heard of this bloke before. Am I right? Well, in the times that you said it before, yeah, I'm, I'm really hurt. Well, for dramatic effect, I don't think you've heard, you haven't heard this guy's <laughs> name before, Collins Kweku Opus. He is an absolute legend already, who you may not know, uh, from Ghana. He is a, he's a player, he's a coach, he's a junior development officer. We had a great mm. conversation. He's doing some amazing things for the growth of the sport over there. Uh, but probably like one of the, one of the, kind of funniest parts of the story and and i thought it would be a very serious part of the story but it ended up being quite fun like he wore it on a slit on his sleeve like he was very proud of this but he was uh if you think of like there was a list posted by the ghana rugby union of players that were banned for playing rugby league he was number one on the list which yeah like to be number one at anything right incredible he was number one on that list so yeah we had a had a great chat with about all of that and it's included right here. And there's nothing that you can't find on the social So I expect to see that as a post on your Instagram, on Chasing Kangaroo's Instagram pretty soon, that, that list, Carbs. So I look forward to seeing the whole list. Ooh, if only we could find the whole list. It's like mm. Colin's List. Which, you know, Col- Colin's List. Colin's That's list. an excellent movie for it as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, mate, that convo coming soon. But um, we didn't have any golden points last week because we went through more. It was kind of like a golden points of the year, kind of, wasn't it? For, yes. For last week, 2020. But uh, we thought we'd start this episode this week with just a couple of golden points because there's not a lot going on in the world of rugby league. And uh, Big T, I might get us started if you don't mind. Definitely. So this one's a double whammy. It's uh, Golden Point Greece and Jamaica. And both of these stories came out at the same time. Both really cool because uh, obviously both nations are you know, in the Men's World Cup this year for the first time. And uh, some good things for both of them in terms of like players and pathways and things like that, because Greek forward Stefanos Bastos has signed on with St. Gordines in the French Elite One, uh, effective immediately. And meanwhile, Jamaican winger Abrevia McDonald has earned a call up to the London Scholars side in League One as well. Now, both these guys are domestic, like born in Greece and Jamaica, came through the domestic pathways in Greece and Jamaica. 
and have found wow. their way in French Elite One and League One. So I just think that's incredible. Uh, Stefanos Bastos has actually played League One before as well. So Ste- like French Elite One, he's used to that kind of level as well. Um, he's just come from from Elite Two recently, actually. Uh, but like either way, like just great for for both nations in a World Cup year to get some players with that that extra little bit of um extra little bit of experience in in semi-professional rugby league as well and also it's hard to beat until you see it so all of those greek and jamaican um players seeing those guys getting picked up and and playing the next level would also then go this is real this can happen this isn't just me mucking around with some mates and and doing the best i can in the field like there's a real there's a real path here and, and i should work hard to get on it so that's fantastic news it's really cool to see like you know like you never know, man. In a hundred years' time, these are the daily messengers of of their nation. You know what I mean? They're the first yeah. guys paving the way. Others will come through when they see it, like you said. And uh, yeah, really good stuff, mate. You got any any golden points for for us? Well, I've got a very minor one that shaved that story. Daily Messenger grew up on Holt Street <laughs> in Balmain, also the same street that, that Wayne Junior Pierce grew up on. Holt Street. There you go. Fun uh, LinkedIn. We're we're gonna need to do like a Big T's History Corner podcast as well, <laughs> which which goes along with your Tigers Around the World podcast and your Little Rugby League amazing. and Sports Best Friends. You're gonna be a busy man this year. I just don't have. Um, I just am so shy and don't know how to make a podcast. I have no idea how to start. You are very shy. Um, yeah. Big T's. I'm, I'm gonna start with. Uh, Cook Islands. They just done a bunch of nines, and I'm so excited about nines because you and I at the beginning of the year were talking about how nines was really going to be the silver bullet to cut through a lot of um, problems and to really support a lot of developing nations. And it was great to see that the Cook Islands got a nines come away. And I don't think the NRL is going to be able to do theirs this year, but um, no, it's great to see one having in the Cook Islands. So in the women's comp, the Rarotonga mixed team. Uh, won the 2021 Cook Islands Rugby League League and Paradise Nine started defeating uh, the Tupapa Mararanja Panthers. And I'm going to just call them the Tupapa Panthers from now on. And I'm sure the people in <laughs> Maranga won't be too upset, but uh, Tupapas were so great in this entire tournament that you're going to hear them again. Um, and so congratulations um, to the to the mixed team. The Ararongi Bears finished third after defeating Pauna in the bronze medal playoff. Yeah. That's what happened in the women's. In the men's, the Tupapa Panthers won the men's comp in the League and Paradise Men's Nine Championship as they defeated the Avatiu Eels in their final and the tournament final. It's good to hear the Eels and the Panthers are doing so well. Um, what a great rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Sharks again. Yeah. The Sharks defeated the Bears in the bronze medal in that playoff. So great to see some excellent stuff happening in Cook Islands. I would love to have seen any of that footage. I didn't get a chance to, to look through my feed. Did, did you find any footage? Is it, on, is it on Chasing Kangaroos? It's not on Chasing Kangaroos. We got that info from Asia Pacific Rugby League, who if you're not ah. following, you should be. But there's also a Nines. Uh, I, I did see a Nines um, website put up. I think Steve Mascord's behind it, actually. He's right. got the Nines website, which has footage. He had like rolling fully footage of all of these games. I too haven't had a chance to to watch it yet, uh, but I might have a sneak peek when I get a chance, maybe during my lunch yeah. break tomorrow, big man. But um, really cool stuff. Like the the league in Paradise Nines, uh, um, absolutely amazing. 
good to see it happening. And do you think that the Tupapa Marenga is that like Canterbury Bankstown or Manly Waringa or St George Illawarra? Is that what is it like? Do you ah. it's two suburbs sort of coming together or something like that? I don't know. If anyone I mean, can tell us, I'm, please I'm, do. I'm, yeah, please, because I have my so little knowledge of Cook Islands. I would have presume that would be true. Um, and also, while you're telling us information about the Cook Islands League in Paradise Nines, tell us if there was the Tigers team and um, how they went. Go the Tigers. There's always a Tigers team, mate, looking, looking okay. for support. But yeah, probably not. I don't know. Um, we, we're talking a lot of a lot of crap tonight, but there's, a, there's some good stuff amongst all of what we're talking about tonight as well. Because we've got another it's just some of every episode. It, it's, it is. It people, is. People are just waiting for the interview. Really, they're just trying to wait for our golden points to hear the uh, and the interview with Colin. So can I? Did we just draw, or do you have another golden point? I've got one more. One more golden point. We'll I make them quick did. tonight. But golden point India, and this is this is huge for me. Um, so the Telegraph in India, uh, you would have seen a report on our socials if you're following at Chasing Ruse yeah. on Instagram, Facebook, uh, or at Chasing Ruse Pod on Twitter. But uh, the Telegraph India, it's it's one of the largest uh, English publications in India. goes out to about 350,000 a day. Um, they reported, and, and I'm reading directly from the article, but Rugby League makes its debut in India with a slew of games under the winter sun at Maiden. Uh, the final between the Jaguars and the Panthers was a closely contested one. Uh, Australian High Commissioner Barry O'Farrell was in Calcutta oh. before Christmas for the match, so he got to enjoy that match. I think he gave the trophy as well, and uh, he tweeted out his support and just some good footage and things like that too. I don't know if you've seen any any footage, Big T, but the standard of footy was really surprising. Like I saw some snippets and some short bits and pieces, which, guys, again, you'll be able to find it online, but... Yeah, like the some of the the skills and the passing and the stepping was fantastic. There were some big hits as well. Um, and considering this was like one of their first tournaments, like Indian Rugby League is you know quite new. You know they may have played some other similar sports over there and maybe some union as well. But Rugby League was really you know the the federation over there is very new. I think they were formed last year. Um, so to see that level of talent, um, I got really excited of what might be to come. I love that Bazo Faz is around it because Bazo Faz is a West Tigers fan, Bowman Tigers fan, <laughs> and um, and loves his rugby league. So I'm I'm so glad that he's found it in India and that he's supporting it um, publicly. I'm not I'm the not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's another big Tiger fan that's uh, doing some great <laughs> things for the sport, mate. <laughs> that's right. Also, we've got a great chat coming up with uh, with uh, Indian rugby league. I've got Harry Singh all lined up to have a chat to us soon. So I wonder. Um, I wonder what other, other things he can highlight about what's been happening. So obviously he can tell us a bit more about this, um, these couple of games, but I, I can't wait to hear about what, what else is in the pipeline and, and what kind of effects COVID may have had, what are their goals, if they're doing nines. 100%, Super man. Excited. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that interview. Um, I'm really glad. But you spoke last week about how excited you are when we sort of mentioned this Indian Rugby League. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week, so I really wanted to mention it this week and and highlight the fact that they're coming on because I think it's really exciting. There's some there's some great stuff happening over there. I did some further reading into it. Um, they've they've got, and this again is from the article. So hopefully you can ask about this stuff, Big T, because I don't know a lot about it. The Jackals Rugby League Academy uh, was set up to promote the game. Uh, operation started in Calcutta and Bangalore, uh, making great strides pre lockdown. Like plenty going on over there. So. Yeah, let's find mm. out, mate. Let's find out. And um, have you locked in that interview yet? Is it set? Have you got a date set? 
Uh, Harry and I are Pennsylvania today. He just sent a ticket back to me tomorrow to, to concrete it. He thinks that at the time it's going to work. So first, I don't know, here's a little inside scoop for anyone else who's trying to do podcasts or interview people all around the world. The best thing I've always found to do is to set a time. When is the best time of day that we can both do it? And then once we've sort of time, then you go and find a date. And so Harry and I realized that 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 2 o'clock in the afternoon for him was going to be 8 o'clock at night for me. And so once we decided we're happy to do those times, um, I've then given him a date. He's checking if 2 o'clock or 2.30 that day is going to work for him. And so he said yes, but let's find out um, 100% tomorrow. The other thing I'm super excited about for this India chat is that if the Jaguars and the Panthers were closely contesting a game, they're two big cats. <laughs> like, there's another, there's got to be another big cat, cat rolling around. <laughs> so this is, there's my first question for Harry. Who are the Tigers and, uh, and why are there no Tigers? Can you just ask him about Dragons as well, just so I don't feel left out? Yeah, no, of course. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if Dragons are a big... I mean, they're a mythical creature in China, so I'm sure that the, those Chinese dragons would have migrated to the other part of the subcontinent at some stage, so sure they'll have a dragon on there somewhere. Let's make it happen. Well, can't wait for that chat, and uh, yeah, plenty coming up in the next few weeks, and like I said, plenty of big news coming up as well, so stay tuned for that, but Big T, unless you have any more golden points, mate, we might uh, we might cut to my interview with Collins Kweku Ophis from Ghana. Let's do it. All right, Kangaroo Chasers, we've got a very special treat today. Um, This conversation I've been looking forward to for quite some time now. It's uh, normally normally I can uh, do some research or I'm aware of the history and background of people that I'm interviewing. Um, But today I'm learning as much as you are. This person has um, has had a short uh, a short life in in rugby league. He's only been playing our sport for a few years. But he's already done so much, and his and his his story needs to be told, and I can't wait to hear all about it and learn all about it. So uh, it's with great pleasure that I uh, welcome our guest to the podcast this evening or today, Mr. Collins Kweku Ofus from Ghana. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. So thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for having me. No man, thanks for thanks for being here to tell your story. And I guess the best place to start is from the beginning. So. Obviously, rugby league is quite new to you, and and before you played rugby league, you played rugby union in Ghana. So maybe yeah. maybe we can start. Tell us a little bit about your background and and how your rugby career sort of began over there. Okay, um, my rugby my rugby career actually started it started pretty pretty way off field. I saw a friend of mine, friend at the time, who was holding them. American football and basketball coach. At that time, I used to at the time I used to play basketball. Yeah, and I was like, and I asked him, um, "Do we play American football on campus?" And I was like, um, "They do, but we are more rugby based." Thing on, I was like, "We are we're more rugby based." So I was like, "Okay, so where do you train?" Um, of the sport, I was like, "Where do you train?" He gave me directions to the place. Next day, I went to my first practice and. That's how rugby started for me. <laughs> yep. So you knew absolutely nothing about that's, either code. Is that correct? That, that's correct. Absolutely correct. Nothing. I didn't know rugby, the difference between rugby league, rugby union, or whether they're like... Basically, I was a blank slate at the moment, at that point in time. So 
didn't know any difference whatsoever. It was actually later, later down the line and kept, you know, trying to research, learn more about the sports, much more videos. And I saw, oh, we have totally two different sports when it comes to rugby league and rugby unit. So yeah, that's when that's when it began for me. So, that was like about yeah. that was like 2015. Yeah. 2015, yeah. So so tell me your first your first impressions of rugby league. Like who was there a particular player or a particular club that sort of stood out in your initial research that, that sort of made you fall in love with the game? And that was um Sean Johnson. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know, I, I, I kept, I, um, back in the day, I like watching highlight clips, you know, guys with good subs doing the thing, big hits and all that. And John Johnson, like, the guy's magic. Yeah. The guy's magic with the steps, his flow, like, his decision-making on the field, like, his field vision and everything, like, he really, really into rugby league. Even though I was in rugby, I was playing rugby union at the time, but I kind of follow rugby league a bit because of Sean Johnson. That's incredible. And do you so see, basically, Sean Johnson is my man. Do you see a bit of yourself in him? Like, what do you play halfback? Or what's, what do you, do you... Oh, yeah. uh, no, no, we, we, are, we are nothing alike. <laughs> we are nothing alike. We are nothing alike whatsoever. I just enjoy his game. I enjoy watching him. I tried, to, I tried to, you know, copy a bit of the steps, but the guy is way too good, way too quick, and way too talented. So he's yeah. incredible. It's, uh, it's. Yeah. I, I, I do my best. <laughs> so, what position do you play? Um, play center. Awesome. Uh, right center. Awesome. So you must be pretty quick, yeah. Yeah, um, fairly quick, fairly quick, fairly, fairly. So, so tell me fairly about. Quick, I believe. Quick. 2015, um, you met Jafaru Mustafa, who's heavily involved in yeah. rugby league over there. But back then, it was rugby union. So, tell us, tell us about that and how that sort of all started. Okay, um, with Jafar, with, in 2015, Jafar was part of um, a union team called Tartans Rugby League Sporting Club. Yep, and um, he was part of the head, and he was he me he taught me basically everything everything i knew at the time so i was attending practice talking with him you know trying to get me to shoot into my position but then we had a we've had a good uh, relationship at the time him being a coach and he also transitioned uh, transition into rugby league and also you know spearheading what we've done so far so yeah Jafaru has been instrumental to my rugby career, I can't thank him enough. So, Jafar, if you listen to this, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I hope he is. He's a good man. And um, so, so why, what, how did you, how did you meet? Like, why was, why was he, was he ever involved in rugby union, or was he always involved in rugby league? Um, he wasn't. Was at the time was involved in rugby union. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think that was that's where our war started, basically in rugby union. Yeah. Um we we played we played a match and we did really well. We we, we beat the team from ninety six to zero by well by the six, uh, that by the sixteenth minute. Yeah, well and, um, the boss at the time I would like to remove his name came in, stop the whole thing and, Oh well. Yeah, I always began from there. I always began because we we're too good, and yeah, so that's what that's where 
that's when things went downhill for us in rugby rugby union. It hasn't gone up since. So yeah. So what? Why is that? Why is there trouble with the other rugby code over there? Basically, because of organization, because of management, it's it's at this point rugby union in Ghana is a one man thing. Yep. And when we have one man, when we have one man, you know, covering everything, um, there's little to no accountability. Yep. There's little to accountability. He can detect what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants it. So that, that's the thing. If we can hold people, if there are systems in place to hold certain key people accountable, because they need to be accountable to the masses, to the players, to the, you know, the whole body that's involved over there, yep. to the shareholders and stakeholders of the game. If we don't have no system in place to make that person accountable, to make anyone accountable, any, anything can just go through like that. And that's the problem with rugby union in Ghana at this point in time. So am I right in saying that a few years ago there were some people involved with rugby union who were dissatisfied with that situation and that's why they switched? Yeah, a lot of people were dissatisfied. A lot of people were dissatisfied. A lot of people are still dissatisfied with the situation. Yep. Yes, and that's and that's 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 why that's what has pretty much drawn me a lot more to rugby league. Because the rugby league family across board has been so loving, so welcoming. It's it's amazing. Even even from you, like <laughs> you share our posts, you like our video. Yeah, like I can't I can't thank you enough and the whole rugby league. Like you guys are involved wherever rugby league is, wherever rugby, even if it's a hole down somewhere, yeah. you guys are involved. You guys are, you know, spreading the word, and we can't thank you enough. We can't thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. I'm blushing, mate. I wish you could. I wish this was a video. You'd see me blushing. That's uh, <laughs> that's incredible <laughs> to hear. Thank you so much, and it, it's good to see that no, no matter where rugby league is played, the the, the concept of rugby league family pops up and. We've mentioned Jafaru. I've spoken before to, to Rachel and Koma as well, who's got a lot to do with the Women's Rugby League over yeah. there. There's just some great people yeah, on the ground. She's there, fantastic. Yeah, there's great people over there. And yeah. it's it's no wonder that, you know, the seeds are starting to grow. And it's fantastic to see. So so tell me, you switched to Rugby League. When and where and how did that happen? Do you remember your first game or your first training session? Tell me about it. Yeah. I remember my first training session. I remember my first rugby league coach, um, Sam Leach. He came in. He came in down um, through. He came in down through Raymond. I think Raymond is the head of the uh, Middle East West Africa. Oh, Ramon, you know, whole Ramon body Safi. federation. Raymond Safi. Yeah, Raymond. Yeah. 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 So Raymond sent him down. So he started picking up things. You know, gathering guys, forming um, forming clubs, rugby league clubs. And yeah, we played played games, played a couple of games. It didn't end so the end with some um Mr. Sam Leach was kinda shaky. Yeah. But then Ramon came down himself, he brought Jafar on board and things started to really, really pick up. Things started to really but big ups to Mr. Sam Leach, like he really helped start things up. He really helped like Reignite the embers of rugby league in Ghana. Yeah, so wow. Big ups to him. Big ups to him. Wherever it is. 
And so can you remember much about your, the first games or the first proper competition or anything like that? What, what, was, your, what was your role in the beginning? Um, my role in the beginning, um, basically I was uh, the captain of um, the team, Bulls team, uh, Bulls Rugby League Football Club at that point in time. I'm still the captain of the club currently, but I was the captain of the club. I had to also, you know, bring my boys on board for union, train them, you know, teach them the rules of the game, how it should be played and all that. But my first impression of rugby league was it was fast. It was terribly fast. Yep. Yeah, rugby league that like when when the first game I had things things it was it was a really fast paced game like the continuity was quick. Get down, go up, get down, go up, get up. And it was really quick. I couldn't catch a breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And going and major yeah, I couldn't. Like my stamina I thought I had good stamina. Rugby league, you know, gave my stamina run for its money. Yeah, so the stamps, like how quick the game was. And even game going back 10, like I dreaded going back 10 meters. Yeah, yeah. I dreaded it because you go into a tackle, bam, you, you've given everything. Referee calls, you have to go out like Christ again, 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 and again, again. So that was get like. Staying onside in rugby league was hard. It was hard getting used to staying onside in rugby league. Going, going back then is no joke. Yeah, I, I can imagine. No I completely no understand joke. it. I guess for me it was different. I grew up with it, so it was always normal. And it's, I always find it fascinating to hear about, you know, you were an adult when you first played pretty much. So it was your first time playing it. And just, it's, it's, I guess it's probably when you're watching it, you think, oh, well, I can do this. But when you're actually in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. Different. And yeah. so you mentioned your boys. You got your boys together for the, for the Bulls team. Who, who are your boys? Like your mates or who? who the Bulls team. How did you, how did you? My mates, yeah, my mates. Yeah, my mates back in uni who I played with. Um, back in uni, we had um, inter-holes competitions where, you know, we have different holes in the, like the University of Ghana. We have Legon, Kualfa, and other holes. And these holes um, had rugby teams in there. So in my hall, I played for Kualfa Hall. I, you know, got the boys from my whole Equafo Hall, Nigel Saki and a couple of other guys. And yeah. I also went to the other halls, like pick a couple of good guys who I trusted, who I knew could play the game, who could understand it with time. And we came together, we formed, you know, the Bulls Rugby League Football Club. We participated. I think we came in at third place in the first, uh, the first um, Rugby League that was our crown night, the first rugby league competition that was organized by um, Sam Leach. Yeah. We came in third and later Jafar took over. We basically really tracked it ourselves, knowing what was, you know, going to take place. We worked on worked on plays, worked on our stamina and everything. And we got back at it and we came first in the next in the next um, championship. Yeah, so you guys won it in two thousand nineteen. And let me take a step back. So you, yeah, so no, we did. you just got your boys that you've got together for this club. Are they all rugby union players? Yeah. So you just they went were around, all rugby union players. You went around your university and got all the best rugby players yep. and said, "Let's start a rugby league team." Yes, that's incredible. That's what happened. That is so that's basically what happened. What, were, what was some of the what like? Was it easy? Did they all say yes, or did you have to convince them and? 
if so, like how? What were some of your memories from from there? Because and the reason I ask is, sorry, the reason I ask is we have you know a lot of people listening who are trying to recruit players from around the world. So I'm interested to hear your story and how you made it happen. It was easy because they all wanted to play on my team. <laughs> That's basically it. They all wanted to play on my team. You must be. They all wanted weapon, to. Man. They all wanted to. <laughs> uh, not, not really, really. I'm not, not really. I'm not supposed to the gauntlet. And uh, they, they all. They, that's the, it's all about creating a relationship. If you create a good relationship with the people, with your teammates and your opponents alike, you're able to draw people in. Yeah. People like people are drawn to guys with good character. Yeah. Guys with um, a sort of not um, charisma. I want to put my own ear, my own own ear, but like you know, people feel drawn to you if you have certain qualities they admire. And I think they admired the way I played my game, and so they were drawn to me. And getting them over to rugby league and to the Bulls Rugby League Football Club was wasn't. So much of a hustle, but yeah. I love that, man. That's incredible. I absolutely love it. And so tell me about like training. Like, did you guys have a coach or were you coaching the boys? Like, how did that work? Um, I was coaching the boys. I was coaching the boys. Um, I got, I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of help from Sam Leach. He gave me, you know, PDFs, instructional videos. I was communicating with him at the time. So I tried to cram down everything rugby league available. Try to feed on everything. Knowledge is power. And having having a well-rounded knowledge about a game, knowing what everyone is supposed to do, how they should do it, when they should do it, getting getting that knowledge and impacting it into them like was majorly key for me at that point in time. So... As organizations bring the boys in, you know, from warm from warm ups to everything down to you know drills, drilling, drilling things into them, drilling you know the game into them basically. Yeah, orienting them, rearranging their mind about how the game, how the game of rugby league should be played. Yeah, yeah, because you know, guy, guy, um, there was there was one <laughs> there was one instance when during the game and. Uh, instead of you know after the tackle going going um, getting up and playing the ball, he actually rolled over for a rock. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually rolled over and presented the ball in for a rock. It was like Lord, I was like Lord Jesus, this is not <laughs> going to be easy. But he kept on pressing, and yeah, things 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 have you know picked up since then. Hey, look, it's common. Really it's up. common as well. You know, we've had people from. I'm trying to recall the interview. It was I think it was South Africa Rugby League. And they were saying the same thing that when their season starts, you know, they've got some rugby union boys that come over and play. And the first couple of rounds, it's always slow because those boys are getting used to the speed of league and the rules and playing the ball and all that sort of thing. So it always takes some time for them to pick up. But what they're finding is that more and more, there are more rugby league players who just play rugby league and they're they're sort of blowing the union boys out of the park, so they they got to pick up those skills pretty quickly now. But it happens everywhere, man. And it's it, look, it's good to see. I love the story. It sounds like you've learned so much so quickly, and I know because not only because you're telling me, but I've seen online, I've seen on your Instagram page some of the drills that you boys sort of run and some of the plays that you sort of practice, and it's like good stuff. Like the skills are pretty silky. Like you certainly know how to pass the ball and 
you, you your plays are quite good and I'm wondering where you learn that from. Like, do you what are you are you guys? Do you have access to NRL games, or are you watching footage, or where, where do you where do I guess where do the ideas for the plays come, and then how do you execute those? Ideas, ideas for plays, um, major, majorly YouTube. Yeah, you go to YouTube, you know, you yeah, um, you 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 type you type in something, you're definitely going to get feedback. Yeah, type in rugby league. I haven't, I haven't watched um rugby, a uh, rugby league like commentary shows. I think there's this one on Fox Sports. Uh, I don't, I don't know what I'm getting right yet, but like they make breakdown of rugby league plays or things that things have that teams have done over the over the years over a period or during a game. Yeah, well, yeah. So maybe a breakdown of a play made by the you know the rabbit toes or something or maybe the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, just just keep on watching, just take it, taking as much information as I can, you know, trying to understand every bit and every detail of it. That's basically it. That's so, basically it. So, is YouTube your only way to access games, or do you, are there games televised over there? What's What's the situation in in Ghana? Um, this is, at this point in time, um, YouTube is the only way. Yeah. It's the only way for me. That I know from personal speaking from my perspective. Yeah. YouTube is the only way for me where I can get to watch. But there are also um a couple of um online streaming services. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm Basically, looking forward to a certain game. I go to that online streaming service, um, and, I, and I watch. Yeah. So you would watch State of Origin, so yeah, for that's, example. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would definitely watch State of Origin. <laughs> that's incredible. I would, yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I would definitely watch it because yeah, you have all these guys from the, the best, the best guys from all these clubs coming in together, like ah. Yeah, yeah, really, really. It's 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 great. It's great. It's great. I always look forward to it. It's really great. It's really great. And it's also for me most of the time. It's a learning process. Yeah, it's all about learning. All about learning. All about learning. I love that. Because as a player, I'm a player coach at this point in time. So as much as I need to enjoy watching this game, I also need to learn something to impact into the players. Of course, for me, it's a tough job, man. Captain, coach. And uh, player, it's incredible, and, and you also do some uh, development at youth level, which we'll talk about soon. But I want to touch on uh, the MEA Championship. So you you end up getting picked for the the rep team, the the Ghana international side. How did that happen, and yeah. how did you feel? And like like, tell me about that. Well, I was really late um, after after the nineteen um, Ghana Rugby League Championship. Um, uh, the best players during the tournament were selected, and I was fortunate to be one of them. We came in for uh, we came in. Um, practice schedules were handed out. We came in for practice, and we had some other guys from um, from uh, from abroad. Uh, we had um, Marcus and a couple of other guys, a big a couple of other guys coming in to help beef up the team. And yeah, we had our, uh, we had our, our coach and. Um, Andy, Andy Gilvery. Oh yeah, he came in, helped us. With, yeah, helped us fine tune our skills, help us with our plays, and yeah, we moved on to Nigeria. We went to Nigeria. Our first game, um, our first game was against Nigeria. Yeah, it was, it was, 
that that first game was brutal. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that first, they, they, yeah, that first game was brutal. They had um, this guy, um, Sadiq. I've yep. forgotten his first name, but guy's good. Yeah. The guy was the guy was good, and yeah, it was it was fun. Like I had fun. The end of the day, I can say I had fun because I was playing against new competition. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, that and that's one of the reasons I love rugby league. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. And Nigeria went yeah. on to win that tournament. So, you know, no it's it would have been a very tough one. Yeah, yeah. Nigeria Yeah, Nigeria went, went on to win the tournament. But I think um we had we, we had um Ghana had the best run against Nigeria because they totally blew broke out the puck. Yeah. At the during the final the final games, yeah. But Thank God I had the best run against Nigeria. But kudos to Nigeria. They were a great team. They were well put together. Yeah, kudos to them. And you got, but you guys came third, so you won the next game, right? Yeah, I won the next game, yeah. And I scored the first round of the game. And, uh, and that, that, that's, like, that's basically the highlight of my rugby league career. Like, <laughs> yep. the whole summation of it. Yeah, true. True, because, like, after, after the first game, we needed a win. Yeah, we need Ghana. Really needed a win after the first game because coming back, coming back again without a win was a no no. Because yeah. we needed, you know, to put to put Ghana rugby league on a pedestal to draw more people in, and going for a tournament outside and coming back without a win wasn't wasn't was a no no. And Javaru had talked with me about that. He was like, "We've got we've got to win something." Yeah, we've got to win something. So, went into the next game against Cameroon. I went in there. I'm like, Colin, something has to happen. Something has to give. Like, everyone is putting their effort in there. You need to do as much or even more. You need to give 200, 300%. So, I went in there. The ball came and, yeah, took took some really big, long, and strong strides. And, yeah, over to the try line. And, yeah. Basically, Good on you, man. So you're one of the first try scorers for Ghana at international level. So that's pretty special. Yep. Yep, that's really special for me. Really special. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the podcast for international rugby league fans. Matt Haynes Sport, big time sponsor of Chasing Kangaroos Cubs. You know that every other day I wake up and wish that I had a team to start. I mean, if India doesn't have a Tigers team, maybe I roll into that. If Ghana doesn't have a Tigers team, maybe I just try and coach them into talking about Haynes because they're going to get a 10% discount with their kit production quote. Uh, all they need to do is tell them that they chase kangaroos, just like Matty Haynes does. And if they've, if they've already got Tigers, let's drag them into Dragon. I reckon, uh, I reckon if Matty Haynes just designs a bunch of like logo uh, logo concepts for Tiger <laughs> and Dragons, he's just going to get yeah. swamped with inquiries, uh, and yeah. and that's it. It'll just be easy for him. Uh, he will win, you will win, and we're all going to win. So it's uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, MattHaynesSports.com.au. Check him out. Mention you're a kangaroo chaser for ten percent off, just like Big T said, and yeah, especially if you're a you're a club named the Tigers or the Dragons, especially. <laughs> What's it like over there? Did did people know about the tournament? Do they know what you guys are trying to do? Like, what's what what's the status of rugby in general in in Ghana? And and 
do they know that are they starting to understand the difference between the two codes for example um understanding the difference between the two codes is um understanding is pretty low yep. but generally there's a basic awareness of rugby yep that that that, that can say there's a general awareness of rugby there's a sport that's an overboard that's been thrown around and guys wrestling up and down the field yeah that, that's what that's what they would say guys just basically just wrestling up and down the field but there's a general awareness of rugby in ghana rugby league rugby you know they don't know the difference yeah but and before going to the game we actually made a lot of noise about it yep. before going to the mayor um, championship we made a noise on tv or on radio trying to you know get trying to be public out there trying to also bring in sponsors because yeah Going out there, you need sponsors. And going and going in there and coming back without a win was a no-no for us. Yeah. We need to go there, show them that, oh, yes, we are worth putting their money into. Yeah. So we have to bring back the win and, you know, try to, you know, leverage that and try to get more sponsors in rugby league. Who, who are some of the sponsors? Do you want to give them a shout-out? Feel free to. Um, uh, there's um, there's Bershaw GH... Shout out to Bishop GH. Um, the Catalan also helped us a lot. And at the point in time, we had Faircroft sponsoring us. They gave us our bags, our caps, and yeah, a couple Great of stuff. things. It's good so basically, Bishop GH, the Catalan. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Good thanks. to have some support there. So it's fantastic. We've got to give them. We've got to give them a shout out for sure. And and I, I get that too. Like the whole people was, need to learn the difference, I suppose. And I know. We spoke about Rachel on Coma before, and I see on her social media a lot. She's got um, the hashtag campaign "Say Rugby League." Hashtag Say Rugby League. Yeah. And I suppose that's league, yeah. I suppose that's about building awareness that it's rugby league is different to rugby. Yeah, league. Building, true. Um, yeah, it's about building awareness. True, true, true. Now, am I right in saying that you were banned from rugby union? Yeah, I was banned, <laughs> banned, banned, B-A-N-N-E-D, banned, Mate, I'd in be, caps. I'd be, <laughs> yes. tell, tell me about that, because you sound pretty proud, <laughs> and I reckon, I reckon it's... Um, oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, I was really, uh, I sound really proud, I'm really proud, really, really, really proud. <laughs> um, after, after the game, after, yeah, I used to play Union, so... And yeah, switched, uh, switched to league. Represented Ghana, came back, I think a week or two later. Um, I think um, um, a list came in, a memo was circulating around, and it was supposedly issued by the Ghana Rugby Union. Yeah. And yeah, list of banned, um, suspended, suspended players. Suspended, banned, suspended players. And my, and my name was first. Yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> so so happy. So I was elated. Like yeah, yeah. I was really, 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 really. It was sweeter than sweet sixteen. So you were really elated. So you were banned for playing rugby league. So was that after the MEA tournament, the MEA tournament, or was it before that? It was yeah after 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 the MEA tournament. Yeah. Also, I was banned from taking like part in official rugby union games, which we pretty much weren't being for, and it was. It was something we did out of like love for the sport at a point in time. But yeah, yeah. yeah. A group of us a group of players from participated in the game like in the 
Uh, we were players that were in Union. That's Fridjobati League were banned, and yeah. I was one of them. And the captain, Redick Aliba, was one. Nigel Saki and the lots of the boys. Yeah. You were top of the list, man. I hope you framed. But I came it. in first place on the banned list. Top of the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know yeah. we we laugh. Like, like, put down a plaque on the wall. But I mean, it's their loss, really, isn't it? Because here you are, you're playing the sport, you're training the sport, you're teaching other like people, you, like you're running a club, you're teaching people how to play the game, you're bringing people into the game, and you're also you've been appointed as the youth coordinator for rugby league as well. So you're bringing kids into the game as well. So. I don't know. I just feel like for rugby union, it's their loss, man. Like you're you're doing some great things for rugby league. True, true. But at this point in time, it's all league. I don't have enough time and energy to do anything else. Yeah, so fair enough. It's and league, 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 and yeah, it's good to hear the stories, man. And I guess you know, we, we this comes up a lot. This sort of thing and. There are some places in the world where league and union work well together, others where they don't. This is just one of those times. Your youth coordinator role. Tell me about that. Tell me about getting into yeah. the schools and, and training some of the kids. How how did that work and what was happening before COVID hit? Um, before, before COVID, the idea was to get as many kids everywhere as much as possible. The first thought was going to schools. So we got a couple of schools on board. I think uh, five school, five uh, schools on board. Yeah. You know, to start from our youth initiative. Um, we started we started training practices. I think uh, three, like three, four weeks. And then news of COVID came in, and everything had to be suspended. You know, and kids and kids in schools have a different time. They have set time schedule when they can be in when they can be out and everything so it yeah. kind of really messed up the flow of things but yeah. I'm hoping to you know push forward the next year go harder and yeah make you know the kids are the future as long as we can you know teach the kids get them into the game early wonderful for gun wonderful things I had so. yeah of course if you can get a job trying to get a lot of kids in there that's excellent, man. How, and so, the true, true, true. How, how did you get the five schools? Like, what was the process there? How did you get interest? Do you go to the principal? Do you go to the? How does that work? Yeah, um, we have uh, we have um, Coach Decker. Coach Decker is um, he's one of he's one of our heads, and basically, he's also a, he also he's also a PE teacher. Yeah. So he kind of has links in these schools. So. Through his links, we're able to get to see their principles and everything, and that's how we go into those schools. And hopefully, what we've done in those schools, we can replicate it and get a lot more kids, organize tournaments, you know, make sure that there's a really good pathway across all levels, from junior to seniors to seniors. So that's, that's what we're trying to do, to make sure that pathway is there with the youth. Because the players now are going to fade out. And we need, you know, we need to get more people involved, more kids interested in the game. And surprisingly, the game has been picked up by a lot more girls than boys. Yeah. A lot more girls were, yeah, when 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 brought into schools, a lot more girls were far more try to aggressive. Oh really? Far, like they were far more into it, like they were I would just say it was like a second instant, like they just got in there. Even when we were playing touch, yeah, they went from touch to instant tackling. Wow. Yep. So it's 
yeah, so we have some tough girls in here. So That's hopefully things will things will look good. I love it. And well look, obviously things have been on pause due to COVID, but I have been watching and you guys have been planning and there's a lot going on with you know the Ghana Championship and the women's rugby league and now the schools as well. So now that I think I saw something before we started this in before I called you, mate, and um I saw something about rugby league now be- coming back that you guys are allowed to play again over there is that right what's happening yeah yeah that was that was initially a ban on on sports yeah so we couldn't play for all but the president you know lifted the ban and we are good to go but it's all at this point in time thing the way covid came in it really cut off our plans it really cut off a lot of things so a lot of things we're trying to do, you know, build up to certain things. Because we started um, the nice, the Ghana Rugby League Nice Championship, which was supposed to be played on every Sunday. Yep. And every on the, on the last Sunday of every month. So we had a lot of a lot, we had a lot of competitions planned planned out, but the way COVID came in kind of disrupted uh, disrupted things, and yep. we are already in when we are. I think in November and I think tomorrow is December. So we are trying to, you know, trying to come, trying to have um, how should I say, uh, a farewell game for the year. Awesome. Yeah, one game to crown every like all that has been done, you know, from January up to now. Even though COVID came in and kind of disrupted things, yeah. but we're hoping to get it and you know get the players together, bond. You know, it's a whole it's a rugby league. It's a family. So we're trying to get players to get a bond, talk, you know, have a beer or two, and yeah, keep on planning for the next year. I love it, man. Let's put 2020 behind us and uh, make 2021 bigger and better yeah. than ever. True, 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 <laughs> true. Mate, tell me, so let's look into the future, man. So you, you've still got a few years of playing. You're a young man, but do you see, you know, some of these kids that you're training, do you look at them and think, wow, like, Maybe some of these kids could be playing in the NRL one day, or these kids will be going to a, to a World Cup for Ghana. Like, what do you see that sort of potential? Yeah, I see them playing World Cup for Ghana. I see them representing Ghana at the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I see I in each and every one of them there's a Ghana national rugby league player who is going to represent Ghana at the World Cup and. Once they World Cup, you know, they get a spotlight, teams out there, pick them, you know, put them in their developmental programs, and, you know, it continues from there. It's a pathway, it's a marathon, and we're trying and taking our steps one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. So train the kids, make sure there's a good pathway, yeah, make sure that the coaching is good, coaching is great. Um, we put them on the world stage, put them on the spotlight, they get picked up, and, yeah. Because they should be incentive for rugby league. They should have a goal to, you know, look forward to. Should be attainable. And I, I know it's within our grasp, it's within our reach to attain whatever we set our mind to. Rugby league in Ghana made an insurgence in, in 2018. And so far we've come in two years. Now we are now affiliates. So it's, it's big things, big things, big things, and bigger things ahead. I love that, man. I think what I've learned from this conversation more than anything else is there is a group of people who are incredibly committed to rugby league over there, and you guys all have the same goals. 
and you're all you're all running towards that and um it's incredible to see man i think we'll leave the interview there because it's a great way to end it i just want to ask you know is there anything else you'd like to say before we before we leave you or um and and where can our listeners sort of follow you i know is it at god mode rugby league on um on instagram yeah, I'd go on, yeah instagram yeah at god mode rugby league on instagram and my name is colin Svosu. on facebook colin Svosu, but on instagram i'm at god mode rugby league what i would like to say is um Rugby league is a family, and in a fam, in a family, we support each other. Ghana has made it, has you know, gone such a long way in such a short time. But there's always more that can be done. So if you know anyone listening out there, if they can, you know, send balls, jerseys, you know, rugby league kids, playing equipment, anything whatsoever, to, you know, to help us play and enjoy the game. It would be a great help to us. Anything, yeah, so balls, jerseys, equipment, you know, any, anything, anything in any way they could help support rugby league in Ghana because we are pushing, but there, there's more to be done and there's more help that can be given. So appealing to whoever, to the whole rugby league family, the whole rugby league fraternity, brothers, sisters, come in. Great things are happening, Gun, and it can even be greater with your help and with your backing. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love it, man. And if anyone's listening and they'd like to um, send any equipment across or anything like that, reach out to me on the DMs at Chasing at Chasing Ruse, and um, I'll put you in touch with Collins or with Jafaru or with Rachel or with any of them. And uh, and yeah, I'm sure it'll be much appreciated. Collins Kweku of Ophus, mate. You, it's been incredible learning your story. I hope we see more and more and hear more and more from you over the next few years. And thank you for chasing kangaroos with me tonight, mate. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own.